You're dialed in to the Turn In Two podcast with your hosts, Matt Mills and Tito. Welcome back, Cardinal fans, to another episode of the Turn In Two podcast, season three, episode four. We are less than a week away from the start of the 2022 Major League Baseball season. And back with me again, as always, the one, the only, Tito. Woo! There he is. What's up? Well, uh, you know, just got done with the, uh, the, the draft, the fantasy baseball draft. Picked an older than, than usual team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I've got a pretty solid chance, at least uh, coming in top two or three, maybe. Um, I would like to point out. You told me you were in. Uh, well, I drafted number nine. It was randomized right an hour before. Oh. Um, I would like to say, though, and I hope he he probably won't, but Brennan Schaefer's team is absolute garbage. <laughs> it is terrible. So it's trash, huh? It's trash. You can't but, wait to. You need to send me a picture of it. Oh, I will. Uh, I'll. I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, we're we are less than a week away, and I mean, before hell, you know, you know, we got the the minor league season starting around the same time as the bigs, so it's actually right. a great time to uh, love the sport of baseball. Yeah. Hey, and MLB the show just came out. Um, if you pre-ordered it, so. Go grab a copy if you want to complain like uh, our dear friend Dignals does every single time the game. I did not buy it, and I am not playing it. So I believe, I believe that. Yeah, yeah. I'm tired of seeing you complain a lot. So makes sense. That's good. That's good. Yeah. All right. Let's let's get this going. I I, look. I made a schedule for us today, and it's pretty lengthy. But that's because we're we're only like you say less than a week away, and um. There's not much time left. Well, then let's get it going. Let's get it going. All right. So here we are less than a week. Spring training is, is pretty much over. I'm not really going to be paying too much attention to the to the rest of spring training um, unless Albert Pujols and Yadi Molina are in the lineup. So um, I'm assuming they'll probably get one to two more games here shortly. But um, let's call it what it is uh spring training it has now come and gone as, as short as it was because of the lockout so my my first question to you ding and Oles, was are you content with what you saw i know you're not a a big big spring training guy but are you content with with what you see and is it up to your expectations i mean the numbers are looking really good i mean from what i've seen on a, some guys you know um one thing I noticed, and I, I told you about this yesterday, was the bat speed of one Paul DeYoung. Um, mm-hmm. Last year, he couldn't catch up with a fastball. I don't know if he started his uh, his swing a little bit earlier or what's going on, but, I mean, his his spring training numbers look good right now, and um, that's that's all you can ask for. And if he can push this over into the season, you know, th- this is what we've been looking for, and, you know, all of our Trevor Story woes will go away. Yeah, and before you expand too much on Paul DeYoung, 
because we are going to talk about him a little bit later. His spring training has been absolutely fantastic. So let me ask you this then. Um, so you, 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 you like what you see, you feel pretty good about it. What is one of the biggest concerns that you might have um, as, as camp breaks up and heads to uh, St. Louis? With the with team? The car- yeah, with the team in general. Oh, it's hands down starting pitching. I yeah. mean, if, they, if if starting pitching doesn't doesn't do anything, then the team is kind of just there. Um, but do you do you think yesterday was an eye opener to you? I mean, your your fifth guy gets absolutely shelled. Well, your supposed fifth guy gets absolutely shelled by the the Marlins. I mean that that was eye opening to me. I mean, it, it is. I mean, at the same time, I mean, this is how they've been doing it for so long, you know, just mm-hmm. trying to do the next man up in the rotation. I mean, they should have solidified the rotation before we got to spring. Um, now, granted, I know the lockout and everything, but we've had a couple of weeks now to, to where they could have got another starting pitcher. I mean, we're just going to be limping into the season, I'm afraid, with throwing random guys out there. But um I'm not surprised. Yeah, and I'm going to echo your concerns. I, I think the starting pitching is slowly um, but surely rearing its ugly head back towards us after, you know, last year and, and the questions about depth. It feels like here we are, um, same, you know, you know, New Year, same, uh, same uh, song we're singing, and where's the pitching depth? Um, obviously, losing Jack Flaherty does not help. Um, losing Alex Reyes does not help. Um, and, and that obviously tinkers with the rotation. But I, I just got to say, I, I feel like with all the, the bluster that had been, you know, blown around with the Oakland Athletics, Sean Manaya, Frankie Montes, if they're going, staying, whatever, surely the Cardinals would have done something by now. And I almost am going to hang my hat on that this is the team. Um, There are no more moves coming in spring training unless a shocker comes through. But I think whomever uh, is in camp right now is more than likely going to break with the major league team here. And um, I I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it is, you know, Verhagen or is, is it going to be Jake Woodford again? Um, I, I personally think Jake Woodford would be um, a solid option because I thought he did pretty well at the end of last year. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, if um, at this point in time, it's not going to hurt to give it a shot, you know. Yeah, I, and and I don't think uh, I don't think that they're they're sitting back and saying, you know, we have no idea what we're doing. Obviously, you know, I think a lot of people looked at Matthew Libertor and, and wondered if he was going to get a shot at the fifth spot. And that question was answered. And, and rightfully so. I don't think he needed to be with the big league team. Um, sure, you might want to see what he can do. But development wise, I'm not sure it, it was uh, right. And Ali, Ali Marmol actually came out and, and had, you know, I wouldn't say concern, but he had some quotes about Matthew Libertor that I wanted to get your opinion on. Um, and that is that, you know, the manager pretty much said um, his biggest thing right now is, is to focus. And given what we saw last year, there's no way you can have that in the major league level, right? Yeah, I mean, Libby's still young. You know, he's got he's got some 
some things to take care of, especially missing the the 2020 season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so in, in last year, I mean, he didn't even – I don't even think he pitched at all in Springfield. He just went all the way up to AAA. So from single A all the way up to AAA, you know, you're going to see obviously better hitters. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, do I think he'll be down there long? If the Cardinals run into pitching issues, I don't believe so. Um, mm-hmm. He he did have some great outings last year, if I can recall. So right. I don't I don't think he'll be down there long. But I mean, Marmol's not not wrong. You know, you want your guy to to hone in on his stuff and and throw darts. So yeah, I, I, I think um, I mean I'm sure we'll get our answer here very shortly. But at the end of the day, I think it's it's pretty clear Libertor was not necessarily ready but just needed some more time to develop. Um, so we talked about what we liked. Uh, we've talked about, you know, what concerns us as we leave camp. Let's talk about who is been, who has been or what has been the biggest surprise. Obviously, I think both you and I would agree with this one, and, the, and that's Paul DeYoung. So let's, let's not harp on him so much, but has there been anything else in your opinion, um, that was, that has been a, a nice surprise. I mean, I, I'm probably not the best to ask that because, you know, I haven't really watched it. Um, that's fair. Let me, let me throw this one out there for you. Um, because you and I talked about this particular player last year and I was very adamant that when he is right and when he is healthy, the Cardinals bullpen is, um, every bit as good as there is in baseball. And I'm talking about Jordan Hicks. I think yesterday watching the video of him pitching, I, he's he looks as sharp as he's ever been. Um, but I just think he is such a dynamic player for the Cardinals bullpen. Boy, would it be nice to have him healthy for a full year. Yeah, that's I think Jordan Hicks staying healthy is very pivotal to the Cardinals success this year. I mean, if you can get if you can get Reyes back and Hicks, I think you have a really nice shot. Um, with, I mean, if you go into the bullpen with, with an arm, you know, uh, still mm-hmm. go in there, and I mean, it, it it would be excellent. But you know, a healthy Hicks is a healthy Hicks makes the team much better, and he's a mm-hmm. pitcher. So, um, yeah, and it's weird because like he says he was trying to dial it back, but he's still throwing hundred mile an hour BBs. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> scary. And that's just insane to me. Yeah, that's absolutely scary for. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, he again, he's about as dynamic of a player as they as they come. Um, and if he can stay healthy, there's just a lot of different options that Oliver Marmol can play with the bullpen as the game progresses through the late innings. I mean, imagine, as you say, you know, if you get Alex Reyes back and healthy, which. You know, at this point, we, we haven't heard much of because, you know, he's going to be out for a little bit. Um, but if you get him healthy and you have a, a back-end bullpen of Reyes, Cabrera, Hicks, Gallegos, that's really tough to beat. And, again, I know that the Brewers have Josh Hader and Devin Williams, um, but I, I still I would still put my guys up there against them. I, I think the, I think the Cardinals' bullpen is, is a lot better with Hicks in it. And, uh, I'm just going to go out on a limb. I said it last year, um, that he was my reliever of the year for the Cardinals. I'm going to say it again. Hicks is going to be the reliever of the year. Uh, if he stays healthy. 
Yeah, I can absolutely see it. I mean, especially, you know, if you're with reduced speed comes better control and, and, you know, if he can, if he can stay healthy this year, you know, we're going to get an excellent pitcher. Um, But you're right. Going with what you were saying about the Brewers. I mean, I I think our bullpen has just as much talent to be Mm -hmm. just as scary. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and maybe that's, I don't want to say that's why the Cardinals have been, you know, a little quiet on the starting pitching front because they, they feel as if the bullpen can, can do that. But we saw what happened last year. We saw the um, overuse of, of guys uh, affecting. And I think that really hurt Alex Reyes last year was just his big time overuse every Mm -hmm. single time. Eventually it got him, you know, removed from the closer position. Then ultimately he comes into a, a playoff game, uh, one playoff game and loses the game Mm -hmm. um, on a hanging pitch. And you wonder if that was because of fatigue. So there, there are a lot of different things, a lot of different factors affecting the Cardinals bullpen. So uh, let's move on to uh, the, the flip side of of the biggest surprise and say who, who or what has been the biggest disappointment. Um, So I'll, I'll give you the floor first and then I'll, I'll say what I think it is. Um, biggest disappointment. I mean, I, I, it's not really fair for me to chime in too much. Um, so, I don't even know if I, I can even say anything. Cause I've watched like maybe five to six innings. Um, that's fair. I mean, if that's the case, then let me throw this one out there for as much movement as other teams have done. I think the biggest disappointment for me um, has been the lack of movement for a starting pitcher. I, I think that that has hurt. Yeah. And, and then again, you know, I know that the Cardinals have signed a couple guys, but um, I'm talking star power names. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I, 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 there's a missed opportunity by the Cardinals to really say, you know what? Jack Flaherty might be out, but we're going to go for it. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, um, I think one thing that, teams have to kind of recognize is um um what what the team has to recognize is essentially that if they were to go get a starting pitcher that means somebody has to leave the rotation um so who is that going to be and especially when jack clarity comes back who's that who's the next guy out then is it dakota hudson um is it you know miles michaelis if he's not doing well um is it steven matt's you know, for instance, um, that, that there's a lot of factors again, that go into this. And I think a lot of people, you know, like myself that want starting pitching, there's a reason why they're not doing it. And, and it must, and it has to be because they, they are waiting for something to happen or they just, the price is just too high. Yeah. I mean, you really wonder, I mean, obviously we know, we don't know if there was any ever truth to, Cardinals being linked to linked to the A's pitchers, but at the same time, you know, they're completely demolishing their team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, why aren't you at least putting together a nice prospect list to, to possibly get, get another name or another pitcher, sorry, um, in the rotation? Yeah. And, and it's weird because like when the news came out that the Cardinals, you know, 
had some interest. You saw you saw names like Juan Yepes, Nolan Gorman going out there, and yet both of those guys they're not even on the major league roster at this point. They're they went down to AAA uh, to get more at bats. So you know if if something was coming, you know it probably would have been done by now. Um, okay, did they so, actually send Gorman down yet? Yeah, yeah, he's he's down with the AAA team. Oh, I didn't see that. I guess. Yeah, it happened. I think two days ago, um, he went. He was sent down. Hmm. It was a little shocking to me. I mean, I think it was one of those things where um, I thought he was going to break camp, but I think uh, you know, development wise, it's one of those things where you want to keep his keep it going, get him some more at bats. If he's not going to get some at the big league level, I think the signing of Courtney Dick yeah. was compelling uh, to where that was going to go. So, um, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's talk about the man of the hour. I think you and I both agree that Paul DeYoung has, um, has turned around a lot of haters and a lot of doubters. And I think both of us are probably included in that group. Um, so let me just straight up ask you, um, do you think this is the, the actual return of Paul DeYoung or is this a uh, quote unquote April fools? Well, I would like to say that it's, it's April fools um, because he's had great Springs and came out as a dud, but you know, <clears throat> I'm putting a lot of stock into the fact that he worked on his, his, his approach and his swing in the off season. So right. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that this is a, um, fake. I, I think I think this might be the real deal, but you know we won't know that for two to three to four weeks. Yeah, and and I think you know here's the hard thing. It's like we always say that um, spring training numbers don't matter uh, because at the end of the day they just reset at the start of the beginning at the start of the season, and it's like nothing ever happened. But I think there's something to be said that, you know, when you see yourself having the success that Paul DeYoung is having, you would hope that that carries over into the season. Um, So that's going to be the next big hurdle for him um, is carrying that over, because as you have mentioned, you know, he's done this before. um, And I think that there is uh, I think that there. there's something to be said about that. Um, and I think one of the things that I uh, uh, want, wanted to talk about regarding Paul DeYoung was the fact that what it, what it would mean for the team to really have him return to form. Um, and I think for me, what it means is lineup protection because last year what we had was a sh- we had a lot of moving parts in the lineup where we didn't know who was going to be our three hitter. Was it going to be Nolan uh, Arnato? almost said Nolan Corman, um, Nolan Arnato. Would it be Paul Goldschmidt? Um, you know, eventually the analytics, I think, kind of took over and said, hey, you know what? Tyler O'Neill's having the most success in the three hole. Um, so let's move that person there. Then when it came to it, then you have uh, Nolan Ar- Arnato backing O'Neill up. But who was backing him up? At this point, can you rely on a uh, on an aging Yadier Molina to be your fifth hitter? Um, I, I, you know, conventional wisdom says no. 
Um, I also think that, uh, that, you know, at this point, he also recognizes that. So now you have to throw in another critical aspect of this, and that's the DH. So now with the DH, you have Albert Pujols or you have Corey Dickerson. Now, both of those can be serviceable in the fifth hole, and I expect them to bat fifth, uh, depending on the matchup. But now you need to have somebody else behind him that can hit for power. And with the power that Paul DeYoung has been showing in spring training, all of a sudden the Cardinals lineup is, you know, doesn't, you know, was top heavy, becomes balanced throughout the entire lineup uh, because one through nine, um, that is, uh, that is one of those things where um, you have to realize that if the Cardinals can be balanced throughout the lineup, they're going to score a lot of runs. Um, and it's, it's weird to think that Yadier Molina is going to be hitting seventh most likely uh, throughout the year when he's, you know, been hitting fifth or sixth uh, for most of his career. Um, and then of course, but rounding out that line, if you have uh, Edmund and, and Bader, which I think maybe if I had to throw in a, another disappointing uh, performance for spring training is is Tommy Edmond um, coming off a gold glove season um, and a season where, you know, I don't think he did too bad at the plate. I know on base percentage, you, you would like to see better. And, you know, obviously you got to make contact um, and he just hasn't done it this spring. Does that take away from, you know, the player that he is? I don't think so. I think it's just one of those things where he's getting his at bats, he's getting his reps um, and come, you know, opening day, um, he's going to be ready to go. Um, and at the end of the day, he still provides you pretty elite defense at second base. So, you know, that, that's something that, uh, that we can, we can look forward to, but again, if, if Paul DeYoung is healthy and if Paul DeYoung is the, is the same Paulie that we got, um, in his rookie year, the Cardinals are going to be very dangerous from top to bottom. Um, and I, and I think that, uh, that is what, uh, is, is pretty much sustaining the, you know, the end of, of spring training for a lot of people is just seeing him have success. Um, so that being said, there was some news at the very end of yesterday that came out and kind of extended into today. Um, and that was the news of, of Mike Schilt. Um, Mike Schilt, you know, leaving his heart out on the line for uh, Bob Nightingale on U from USA Today um, and pretty pretty much giving us a, a heartache story of, of, of his firing from the Cardinals and how it still pretty much haunts him. Um, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of sad. I do feel for Schilt because, uh, you know, you, you'd think there was a better way to handle certain things instead of over the phone. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, it is what it is. Um, I, I, I read the article from Bob, from Bob Nightingale, and I, uh, really enjoyed, um, the aspect of the humanity aspect of, of Mike Schilt and saying, you know, this still hurts. Um, and, and I think people forget, you know, that these, the athletes, the managers, all these guys are human beings. Um, and so there is emotion that goes into this. Um, and so for, for Mike Schilt to, you know, say it pretty much still hurts. Uh, I believe that 100%. I'm sure it hurts for him. Uh, and, and I do feel for that, but at the end of the day, um, do, does that matter? 
Uh, I don't think so. I don't think it really matters uh, to the team at this point. They've moved on, obviously. Um, and, and I think what, what kind of gives that away is that even when they, even when Bob Nightingale goes to ask, um, you know, John Mozalek to comment on, on what Schilt has said, he said, look, I've got nothing else to say. I don't need to say anything else. And I don't blame him. I don't blame John Mozalek for, for saying, look, I'm, I don't need to talk about Mike Schilt. Mike Schilt's not on the team anymore. What happened happened and you move on. Um, and, and certainly I think that a lot of people would be understanding of that. Um, I think one thing that was uh, on 101 ESPN today was the question was, are the Cardinals better off declining to comment on what led to, to the, to the firing of Mike Schilt? Um, and so, so Dinganos, I'm going to ask you, do you think the Cardinals are better off just not, commenting on what got Mike Schilt fired? Yeah, I think so. I think I think it's probably their best interest because, I mean, <clears throat> it, it seems like there's way more to it, obviously, than what we're going to be told. But, of course. you know, at the same time, I mean, they don't want to release much information on it. And, you know, with, with the words toxic coming out from Tony La Russa um, and Schilt's surprise at um you know it happening i don't know if there's something some bad blood in the front office or maybe the on-field staff that just wasn't spoke of but obviously there's an issue there and i don't know i mean you know larusa said it's toxic probably in the front office because it wasn't mike schilt um but, I mean, I could see it, you know, and I, reading between the lines through some of what, you know, came out in USA Today, I, I believe there was just a large difference between what the team wanted to do and what Schilt wanted to do. And it sounded like – now, obviously, we're not going to know the truth, but it sounded like Schilt was wanting players and they were not adding, you know. I, I don't know, though. But I think I think I don't think you'll ever hear anything out of St. Louis on it. I, I just think it's it's bad news, um, and they don't want to look bad, so they're just going to keep their mouth shut and probably hope that Mike Schilt does at the same time, so they don't have to defend themselves. Yeah, and and I honestly think it would behoove Mike Schilt to to keep his mouth, you know, a little tight here because at the end of the day, you're the one without the job, not John Mozeliak. Correct. Uh, not Mike Gersh, you know, not Oliver Marmol. And here's the other thing. If the environment was so toxic from the front office, um, then why didn't they fire other guys that didn't agree with them? Correct. Sure. Sure. Surely if other, you know, coaches were on Mike Schilt's side that they would not have came back for the team. At the same time, I'm, I, and I know I don't watch spring training, I've heard a few quotes here and there, but mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, but Ali Marmol seems like a complete 180 from the likes of Mike Matheny, the likes of Mike Schilt. I, I think there is a level of confidence and also a level of like, look, urgency is how I would put it. Yeah. Um, he's confident that he has a good team. But he also recognizes that 
the window is is closing mm-hmm. right there are only so many years left um obviously there's only a one year left for two of, of the cardinal legends and albert pools and, and yadier molina wainwright is kind of up in the air but i think this would be his last one as well um but you know i i think if if i had to look at it from a ten thousand foot view Oliver Marmol just has a sense of urgency that the others two didn't. Mm-hmm. And, and that I believe that's a good thing for this team because um, it seems like if somebody's not performing, they're going to let you know, um, and, or he's going to let you know, Hey, this is not good enough. Um, and that's not to get in somebody's face. These are grown men we're talking about. And, and they need to understand that the time, you know, the time of taking it easy is long gone, long gone. And here's the other thing. When you got a guy like Albert Pujols, who, um, you know, is in the in, is in the twilight of his career and, and has come out and said, you know, I'm here to win. I'm here to win a championship for the city and for the team. Um, you best believe that he also will be in your face saying, hey, it's time to go. And, and I think that that urgency it, is going to be met by the players and I think you see, I think you'll see a, a more cohesive unit than you did last year. Yeah, it's kind of wild to me that knowing that it's most likely these three St. Louis legends last year that they haven't gone more in to try yeah. to solidify something. I mean, I understand you're up against the likes of um, the Dodgers, uh, the Braves, the the Giants, probably. Obviously, mm-hmm. Milwaukee's in your way too. It just seems like they would go after more. Yeah. And that, I think that's why I said that I'm disappointed that they didn't get a starting pitching in spring training. I'm like, I get it, but at the same time, I don't. Um, So I, I I feel you on that sentiment. I I think it's just, uh, it's something that only John Mozeliak and Mike Gersh can answer. Um, And, and and just to quickly wrap up on my thoughts on Mike Schilt, Bernie Miklas had a really, 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 really fascinating piece uh, about his thoughts on Mike Schultz firing. Um, and throughout his article, he goes on and, and, and describes a couple of different scenarios, one with Walt Jockety and then one with Mike Schilt. The, the Walt Jockety one is the most eye-opening to me as in like, wow, um, boy, I can't imagine what Mike Schilt must think if he were to read this. And that essentially was that Walt Jockety also said that he was fired because of philosophical differences between uh, Bill DeWitt and, and Mo and, and the rest of the team. Hmm. So it's, you know, these things don't just, I think people are just, so, we're so caught off guard and that's why people are like, whoa, what the heck happened? But people get fired all the time. I mean, this, this is not something new to the world. Yeah. I didn't, I, obviously I don't think you or I were old enough to, pay attention to the firing of Walt Jockety. But if those words were uttered then too, I mean, it's just an excuse at this point in time. Um, Yeah. I mean, Walt Jockety. He was the greatest general manager the team has ever had. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, and, and Bernie Nicholas points it out. He goes, successful baseball people get fired all the time. It's not it's not something new to this industry. People get fired all the time. Um, Mike Matheny was was doing okay, but he still got fired. He went to four postseasons. He won an NL pennant. Probably should have had two. 
yeah. probably World Series too. Could have sure. Yeah, and you know, I don't think he was a. I, I'm, I'm not going to call him a failure. I think he could have done better, but I'm, I'm not going to call him a failure. He was successful. Mike Schilt was successful, and he's not here anymore. So I, I, I think it, it would. I, I think the timing of this is horrendous on Mike Schilt's part. It's almost like he wanted to crash the party a little bit because of our rules, but I don't. I, I don't see how this affects the team really at all. They'll move on. Yeah, and they will. I, if it's, if, I if, already have. If this so. team is anything like the other day where they put up 25-plus. Right. We will have no <laughs> problems. Yeah. Okay. Last thoughts on spring training. Are you, you happy it's over? Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. ready for opening day. And yeah. I am too. I, I'm, I'm glad that, that spring training is, is turning the page. And so, so let's do that ourselves. Let's talk about. The regular season opening day, April 7th, 2022. Your St. Louis Cardinals will take on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, let's talk, let's just talk about the, the big picture here. Um, and my question to you straight up the Cardinals win the division if blank. The Cardinals win the division if, um, this may seem kind of wild, but I think the Cardinals win the division if they have the gap bridger that we're seeing now in Paul DeYoung. He's going to be the X factor on the Cardinals season. Yeah, and, and I was saying it uh, in my little montage of, of Paul DeYoung that if he is healthy, if he's the Paulie that we got in the rookie campaign, this lineup is deep, man. I mean, very, very deep. Absolutely. One, one through nine, there's not – you know, it's not flashy, but it's going to get the job done. And, and that kind of reminds me of the Royals from 2015. Um, they were not flashy, but they were able to put the ball in play and get it done. And they played really, really good defense that year too. Um, that well, that line, if he's healthy, is, is really dangerous. I think one of our biggest issues last season was – just fell off after after like five six hole. It just fell off, and then you were left with nothing. But um, I do think that if if you get last year's Harrison Bader for the most part, you get a different Paul DeYoung, you get mediocre pitching, you have a great shot. Now, if you have Paul DeYoung of last year and you have an Edmundo Sosa that's playing so so, you know, you're gonna have to rely on the likes of Milwaukee's pitching staff to to fumble and falter and not be themselves. So and you are a big component of them or a proponent of them not being able to duplicate. I don't said- think they can do it. I really truly don't. They pitched their asses off last year. And yeah. I and I don't I mean I hate I hate trying to rely on another team not to play as well, but I just don't see it happening again. Yeah, and and not to not to mention their offense is virtually the same thing from last year. Um, the only addition really offensively was Andrew McCutcheon, and while he is a great player, um, he's no he's no he's no stranger to the Cardinals. They know how to pitch to him, mm-hmm. As, and so I, yeah, I, it, this is that 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 the two of them are tough to to grade because. Where one excels, the other one doesn't. Um, and you know, obviously, pitching for them and 
in the lineup for the Cardinals, which is crazy to think because a couple of years ago when Christian Yelich was uh, the MVP of the league, um, that lineup looked scary, beyond scary. Um, and right now, I it's not that I don't think about Christian Yelich, but I'm not afraid of him, that's for sure. Yeah, he's kind of a back-of-the-mind kind of fear right now. Like, I, the, I mean, the the uh, Brewers lost Avisel Garcia. Yeah, um, that's awesome, in my opinion. Did some some great work last year for him. Yeah. Um, they did a lot of damage against the Cardinals, a lot against the Cardinals. I'm pretty sure he had at least three to four home runs. Yeah, I mean, it's it's – I think we can win the division without having to rely on, on the Brewers at all. I mean, that's where I'm at with it. If we can get Paul DeYoung doing what he's doing now, um, like you said, it's deep. It's a deep lineup. I'm not worried about our bench this year. I'm not stressed about it. Last year it was, shit, who are we getting off the bench? You know, And now you have the likes of Pujols coming off the bench, Corey Dickerson coming off the bench, possibly Brendan Donovan. Mm-hmm. Um Gorman, Yepes, at some point in time. I mean, it's not scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and here, here's what I'm going to say for this question. The Cardinals win the division if – here's what I'll say. The Cardinals win the division if they play, a, you know, a full season worth of base uh, good baseball. And what I mean by that is – you don't give up games in April and early part of May like they did last year. You just can't. At this point, there is no excuse for it. Will it happen? Of course it will, because that's how baseball is. Will there be some bad losses? Of course there will, because that's how baseball is. What I'm talking about is when you are up 8-1, to one, and give a game away. And I know that that happened in late September, or I mean, I'm sorry, late August last year. But when you have those kinds of games now, especially when you play what six games against the pirates in the first like 12 games or something like that, Mm -hmm. there is zero reason, zero reason for you to be giving up games to them. Zero. They're not a good team. Will they give you a fight every now and then? Yes, absolutely. That's what they're supposed to do but you should be winning every single game that you go against the pirates. And I'm not expecting perfection, but what I'm telling you here is the only way the Cardinals win their division is if they don't beat themselves, they can't beat themselves anymore. Yep. You do it. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't be losing to the Cubs, the Reds, the pirates at all. Well, I mean, I mean I, they will lose games. Oh, I, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I, I'm not going to say the Cubs so much because I still think the Cubs are a pretty decent team. They're not going to be horrendously bad. I think the Reds are getting a little bit more credit than they deserve. I think they're going to be pretty bad. Um, but then again, I, I'm talking like if you're if you're facing the Pirates, you should be winning 80% of those games. Oh, yeah. If you're Reds, you should probably be winning 75% of those games. Against the Cubs, at at the very minimum, 50%. Very minimum, but yeah, probably 60. That's right. And then against the Brewers, you pretty much have to go toe-to-toe with them. And mm-hmm. here's the thing. They did that last year. But against everybody else, they were they shit the bed. Mm-hmm. They shit the bed. And that is that the Cardinals are notorious for that. So what I'm saying is the Cardinals win this division. They That means that they have – if they want to win it, 
if they don't beat themselves. They've got to come to play every day and be ready to win. Yeah, no, okay. I, I agree. Okay, so let's take the flip side of that. What, if you're, in your opinion, what is the worst thing that could happen to the team and that would derail everything? Um, the worst thing that could happen to the team and derail everything. Um, I think if, I think if you get one of two things, if one of your guys that has been a workhorse in the rotation falls, I think it's a pretty good situation in which we just start losing games. Um, I also think that if if Goldschmidt or Arenado go down for a little bit, that could really put a hamper on things. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not um, – what's the best word to use? They're not Something. guys who are superstars, I guess. I mean, they are, but they aren't, you know, anymore. They're quiet stars. But they need <laughs> those players. I think I – think, yeah. One of the biggest things that we noticed whenever Goldschmidt came over was the lack of errors at first base. Mm-hmm. And with Arnado's defense, you know, I mean, it's just – those are keys to it. And, um, you know, if one of those guys go down or a starter goes down, I think it could be kind of suspect for a while. I, th- I think you listened to my to my comments yesterday on the podcast, did you not? Uh, uh, you know, I was just waiting for that plug the whole time. Yeah. So yesterday, this question, this question kind of came up and I virtually said the exact same thing you just got done saying. If Nolan Arenado or Goldschmidt go out or if both go out, the team sunk. Um, And I don't think I don't think that means that they couldn't be competitive, but it would be very, very difficult to win the division and be successful in the playoffs. Um, I I think one of them going down is, is a massive blow. Um, I would say, arguably say that Paul DeYoung is way, is a little bit more important than Nolan uh, Arenado uh, because of who the Cardinals have in the system that could back him up. Um, They could be serviceable, but there are not many players that can replace Paul Goldschmidt. Um, Albert Pujols, I love the man. He, He was a great defensive first baseman. He's just not that guy anymore though. Um, So you cannot rely on him. Um, Juan Yepes, I I don't know much about him defensively at first base, but I know he's not Paul Goldschmidt. So if if Paul Goldschmidt goes down for me, I think that spells uh, D-O-O-M for the Cardinals. Um, But then again, you know, again, they can still be competitive and you never know what happens on, on the other teams. Other players might get hurt. You might have a Devin Williams punching a wall because he sucks. You never know. And expanded playoffs. I mean, I I would just say, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's a weird situation. If one of them goes down, we're going to be put in a situation that, you know, I mean, you could easily move DeYoung over to third base. I mean, he hasn't played there in his major league career, maybe a game or two or a few innings, but he hasn't played over there, but that's what is, that's his natural position. But I mean, you've got, and I don't know how he's done the spring. I've watched him, but you know, you've got, Delvin Perez down there in double A last year. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. He's down. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's a, there are a couple different things that could go wrong, but I think somebody being lost in the lineup is, is one of those things that I, I definitely don't want. <laughs> I definitely don't want it to happen. Okay. 
So given, given our talk about what we think could happen for the Cardinals, let's, let's take a step back and say, what is a realistic expectation for this team? Um, and I'm talking full goal, short-term goal, however you want to view it. What is your realistic expectation for the team uh, going into the regular season? Um, <clears throat> I would say realistic goals. I mean, I think they can win the division without, without anything else. I think they can win the division. Um, I would say I, I, and they're so deep. That's, that's the positivity out of it. You know, they're so deep. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I'm going to say it now. I'm going to say it now, get it out of my system, but be the, be the Homer. I know you are. (laughs) I think you're going to see the Cardinals in at minimum, the, the league championship series. You're that confident, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I I think if they are, I think if they are in a decent position come trade deadline time, I think you're going to see a bunch of strikes happening at once. Yeah, I, I think the the big key to what you're saying here is is where are they at at the trade trade deadline? Um, last year, I think I said if the Cardinals were ten games over, you know, uh, it, you know, a ten game lead where Milwaukee was, I easily could have seen them going out and getting a starting pitcher and or a Max Scherzer essentially and saying, all right, let's go win the dang thing. Mm-hmm. So let me say it this way now: if the Cardinals are in a position to where that can happen. I absolutely think that the goal or my expectation, I think is realistically an NLCS appearance. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a far, far fetched idea. I don't think that's something Mm -hmm. that any fans probably would say, yeah, no, I I don't see that. So I, I really, I realistically think the, the Cardinals can make it to the NLCS. Now, a lot of things, a lot of things have to go right. And, you know, time will tell with that. But that's a realistic expectation for me. Um, and the reason I say that is because you already have Oliver Marmol saying, hey, you know what? If we don't win the World Series, it's a disappointment. Good. Great attitude. Love it. Probably shouldn't say it that way just because somebody's going to come and come back and bite you in the ass for it. But it is what it is. But I think it's a, it's a fair assessment of where this team is right now and saying, look, we have the pieces in our lineup and on the field. We just got to execute. And we just got to go out there and, and do it. So now that we've got that out of the way, out of the way, though, if the Cardinals don't make the National League Championship Series or make a deep October run, is John Lozalock, in your opinion, is he finally going to be put on the hot seat? No, uh, I don't think he will be. I think his job's secure. It's added. It's. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that if here's where I'm at with it. I mean, I think a lot of calls come from from DeWitt. You know, I think a lot of calls come down the pipe from DeWitt on what he wants to do. Um, But I truly feel like if you are if you are a starting pitcher or some or a couple relievers away from actually banging at home to get deep, um, I think that you are looking at. I mean, potential, you, you might have some potential there if, if that's the case, because if you don't, if you are within bang zone, as I'm going to call it, that's probably a weird 
term to use right now. Oh, I but love if, bang. Great. But Wait, if you're what? within the bang zone, <laughs> as I'm going to call it, um, and you <laughs> don't make a move at the deadline, and then you shit the bed in the playoffs, yeah, via one of those positions, i.e., starting pitching or in the bullpen or whatever you're really struggling with, mm-hmm. then, I mean, I would question it, but it's probably not going to happen. You know, this reminds me of the conversation that we had at some point in the season with Mike Schilt, where you straight up asked me, like, you know, given what's going on, <laughs> do I do I did I think he was going to return with the team? Um, and obviously I said no that at that moment and was rewarded handsomely for it. Um, I, I just I agree with you. though. I, I don't think there is anything that could ever separate Bill DeWitt from John Moselock. I think the team's success has, has spoken for itself. Um, yes, it hasn't turned into any world series, um, championships at the moment. Um, but there's, again, I'll have, I will say it and I will continue to say it. Um, there are not a lot of teams that have had the success the Cardinals have had over the last, uh, pretty much 20 years of existence, um, and a lot of teams would kill to have the success the Cardinals have had. Um, and, I, and I think it's it's not realistic to think that Mo would be on the hot seat if they didn't win outright uh, a championship. But I would question the division aspect. Mm-hmm. I, I question what's going on. Why cannot we cannot win the division? Uh, should that not happen? Uh, I don't think, in my opinion, there is an excuse to not win the division this year. Um, they have the tools to do it um, and, and come trade deadline. If you are within striking distance or at the top and can pad it, I, I really think that we'll see that happen. Um, and I really think if Sean Manaya is available or Frankie Montes is, is available at the trade deadline, it's going to happen. And I, and I think, again, I said it earlier, the price tag might be too high right now, but come trade deadline, if nobody else is budging and the Cardinals want to want to be that, you know, strike the iron while it's hot, that would be something uh, to look out for. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's what I'm saying. If you, if you are, you know, a couple pieces away from really knowing that you can get there deep and you don't do it, at that point in time, in my eyes, you got to put somebody on the hot seat, especially yeah. knowing that three greats that have ever came through St. Louis are just they're in their last season and you don't make a move because, oh, I don't want to hand over a prospect or whatnot. I mean, you don't know when you're going to get another chance. And I agree. If you, if you don't make a move, it's just it's disappointing. And like, I think there's plenty of people already disappointed with the bargain bin hunting they've done this off season. Yeah, I agree. Okay. We did this last year and I wanted to extend it to, uh, to, to this year. So we're going to do some, some regular season predictions. um, And we're also going to do some playoff predictions. Um, So I'm going to start with you uh, regular season wise. What will the Cardinals record be? when it's all said and done and 162 games later. I don't know what I said last year, but um, I think I think they're going to end up um, 
92 and 70. That's a great guess. It's a really good guess. 92-70, win the division, and that's where they sit. I'm going to price this right you, and I'm going to say 93-69. and Oh, nice. Nice. Thank you. That is very nice, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, Here's the thing. I think you and I both agree that the Cardinals are are likely to win the division um, just based on the balance of the team. Um, And I agree with you. I don't think the Brewers pitching is going to hold up. Sorry, Katie, if you're ever listening to these. We we love the Brewers. We love you, but not that much. Um, I just don't think that the Cardinals are, are going to let this opportunity slip away. Not again. Um, last year, it, it was painful to watch at times. And then you had the team had to win, literally win 17 games in a row to make the playoffs. That's not going to happen this year. They're going to take it to, to the teams um, and, and make sure that they know who they're playing. So I, I'm, I'm going to go and say 93 and 69. Um and, and I think Pakoda can can kiss our ass because they I think Pakoda said that we were only going to win like 79 games. And I and I think that that's laughable, laughable. Yet again, Pakoda shitting on the Cardinals because I'm pretty sure whoever runs Pakoda hates the Cardinals. Oh, they do. Yeah. OK, so we both answered my next question. Um, we both think that the Cardinals are going to win the central division. Um, so hopefully that that plays out. Okay, who leads the team in home runs and how many? I'm going to go – oh, man, this is – I'm going to go with uh, Tyler – no, I'm going to go with Goldschmidt. I'm pulling (laughs) off of Tyler O'Neill at the last second. Yeah? Mm -hmm. That's – I don't know many people that would do that. Um, I'm going to – how many did you think he's going to hit, by the way? We're going to go throwback, 44. Wow, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, not happening, not at Bush, um, at least, unless the, the fence coming in makes that much of they a They didn't deal. end up doing it. Oh, they didn't? Nope. Good for them. Um, I'm going to say Tyler O'Neill, and I'm going to stick to 35. Okay. I think that's a reasonable guess. Um, I also think... Paul Goldschmidt could lead the team, um, but I just like Tyler O'Neill to, to build off of last year. Mm-hmm. I even got him on my fantasy team. That's how much I believe in him. Um, okay. Who leads the team in RBI? I, <clears throat> I think, I think that uh, Goldschmidt does. I think Goldschmidt's going to win the team triple crown. Wow. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow, let's uh, let's remember that one then. Oh, hey, the Blues just tied the game. They just tied it up five five with like eleven eleven minutes left in the third. Wow! Um, If you had told me they were going to come back and 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 make that competitive, I wonder what what the odds were when they were down four to one. I wish I I wish I would have put a live bet on them. Probably still could. Um, It's just not as profitable at this point. No, Um, I, I. I like that idea of Paul Goldschmidt leading, uh, you know, pulling a triple crown here. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to say Nolan Arnato is the RBI leader for the team. 
Um, I think he, he is in a prime spot within that four hole to, to do a lot of damage, especially if he has somebody behind him that, you know, is going to be hitting, um, like an Albert Pujols, a Corey Dickerson, or even Paul DeYoung. Um, so I think there's a lot of opportunity for Nolan Arenado that he didn't have. And plus, um, every indication is that Nolan Arenado is coming into this season with a, a, with a lit fire under his ass. Um, so I'm all for it. Okay. Uh, this is a new question, and because and this is a question because of what happened last year. How many gold gloves does the team end up with at the end of the year? Um, last year they had six. How many will they end up with this year? I think five. I think we're going to go with five this year. Okay, so I'm going to assume your five are Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader. Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. So that's four. Who's number five for you? I think they're going to give Yachty in his walking year. You think so? Oh, you yeah. think, think they're going to cave? Yeah, he's he's going all in this year. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair, fair, very fair assessment. Um, I'm going to say – I think I'm going to say five as well, but I don't think they'll cave to Yachty. And this probably would surprise you, but I think that he, 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 I think he could have been in the running for it last year and he wasn't, unfortunately. Um, But I'm going to go with Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, and I'm, I'm going to say that my, my fifth guy is going to be Dylan Carlson. I think this is the year that you see all three Cardinal outfielders um, actually go ahead and, and win the gold glove. Um, bonus for Yachty if he gets it, making it six again. Um, I think it's a very reasonable guess that they'll, they'll cave and give him one in his last year. Uh, but I'd like to see him actually back it up too. Um, and, and, you know, and speaking of Yachty, I know that there has been a lot about him with his personal issue. And then obviously, um, news a couple of days ago, I think even maybe earlier today that, you know, he's going to take a dialed back approach this year. Kisner is going to get more starts. And I, and I think that that speaks, that speaks to the level of confidence that he has with the team. Um, but also knowing that, hey, there's a DH role, so he doesn't just have to catch all the time. He can be put in as, as a DH from time to time and give Kisner some at-bats as well. Um, I think the DH is, is really going to pay dividends for the Cardinals. Um, okay, so we talked about gold gloves. My next question is, will Adam Wainwright get to 200 wins? I am going to go on record and say no. Um, I don't think he gets to 200 wins much, much for the same reasons that, you know, Dingles has pointed out with the Brewers rotation, probably taking a step back. I just think it's, it's even harder. It's even harder for Wainwright to duplicate his, his season that he had last year, um, at his age at this point. Um, do I think he can do it? Absolutely. I, I just think he might fall short. I think he'll he'll be right around the 295, or I'm sorry, the 195, um, 196 mark by the time uh, the regular season ends out. 
Um, and, you know, am I worried about Adam Wainwright? Not really. Um, for some reason, people keep bringing up that he keeps saying that, well, maybe this is his last year or maybe this. And I, I just find that hard to believe that, you know, Yachty and Pujols leaving, how it wouldn't be more of a fairy tale and ending for, for Adam Wainwright to say, you know what, I'm going out with my brothers here and saying, and saying, um, thank you and, and goodbye. Um, but that's, that's where I'm, I'm going to go. Um, I, I, I don't think Adam Wainwright gets to 200 as much as I want it. Um, Ding knows. What do you think? Wayno 200. I think he does it. I mean, he's going to be, you know, he's going to have a few games early on against the pirates. I mean, those are must win, you know, and I think he's going get, to yeah. come out. <laughs> what? If you, if you want to get to 200, yeah, you can't give those games up. Yeah, no. And I think, I mean, he's probably going to get 30, 32 starts, you know, if he can win half of them, if he can win half of them, and you know, if he's going full on this year and he is not backing down and he, Marmol might let him go an extra few innings until he can make secure that W. Um, do I think he gets it? Yes, absolutely. I do. Um, I mean, 16 wins off. And I think, you know, no matter what happens, whether it's set up or not, he's going to have opening day and he's going to have the last game at home. I mean, there's two right there. And if you could jump on his back, he's going to carry you all the way to those wins. Um, that's and not, not to mention the last six games of the season are against the Pirates. <laughs> so yeah. um, even if he were to go the rotation twice, you know, I would give him the opportunity to do so. I think the only way that he – I think the only way that he does not get to 200 wins is injury. And that's yeah. just – I mean, the – Technically, that's what's holding him back right now is his crappy injuries six, seven years ago that they right. kind of sidelined such a great career. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. I think he gets it done. I mean, if he falls, if he falls a game short, I will be a little upset because it's it's right there to the yeah. point where he may come. Uh, I don't know. No, I just don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> It, that we'll we'll save that save that thought for the next the next question I'm going to ask you, and that is um, Albert Pujols, 700 home runs. He's 21 away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this one's a little bit. This is a lot more difficult um, than Adam Wainwright. So my question is, does he get it done? 700 at at the very minimum, 700. Yeah, oh, I think that one happens too. Um, really, mm-hmm. you're you're on board with both of them happening? I'm 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 riding I'm riding the train that that <laughs> yeah. history is being made this year for, like, for a couple. This, of, you are you're just being a homer at this point. You no, don't care. I mean, Pujols had 17 last year, and he's skinnier now. Yeah, he's skinnier. Yeah, you might lose a little power with the loss of some fat, but at the same time, I don't. I mean, dude, I'm telling you, one of the most surprising things that I've seen. Is his ability to run, right? I mean, he I've only look- seen it a couple times, but I mean, there was times where I was like, "Man, it's hurting watching him run." And mm-hmm. like I saw him run the other day, and I'm like, "This isn't terrible." Like, you're not going to get a stolen base out of him, but he doesn't <laughs> look like he's needing a wheelchair to get around the bases. I wonder what the over under one stolen base for him this year would be. Um, I like, mean, I'd watch that would be. Insane. 
Yeah. I mean, I think it, I think it may happen at some point in time. It's just like Yachty, you're like, you don't expect it. But I think, I think what I saw last year is Yachty had like eight. Yeah. He, he, they're smart guys, man. Smart base runners. Yeah. I, I'm also going to go on the, on the record here and say, I think he gets it done too. Um, I think he's going to get a lot more at bats than people realize. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that wasn't evident with Juan Yepes going down um, to start the season, I, I think people are, are in for a surprise as to how much Albert Pujols is actually going to play. Um, I think he said it best the other day. If the team didn't believe in my ability to play, they would never have brought me in. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some truth to that. Uh, I think there probably is a little bit of a white lie in terms of, hey, I can also make money off of this too. Um, which is not a bad thing. I, I totally get it. You're into you're in the business to make money. That's why you're a businessman. But I but at the same time, I, I think Albert Pujols has the ability to get 21 home runs. Um, at the very least, what I would truly, truly, truly want is for him to pass a rod. Uh, I would love nothing more for Albert Pujols to to surpass a rod. Um, What's a rod at? He's at 696. <clears throat> that so, one's surprising to me that he didn't come out and try to get four more, honestly. You got to understand, I think he was enveloped in, you know, in so much going on with steroids and all this other stuff that at the end of the day, I think he just kind of said, you know what, it's best for me to just yeah. walk away and try and rebuild my brand a different way, which he has for the most part done. Um, Still a goober. Good. Great. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree. He is a goober, but either way, um, I think he, I think Albert Pujols gets it done. I went on record saying that Albert Pujols was going to hit his 700th home run on October 1st, which is a Saturday, which also happens to coincide with Yadier Molina bobblehead day. Um, so do you have tickets to that game? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. I have tickets to the second, that last home game, and I know you know that, but uh, um, I, I might consider doing that. I just might. So I, I've it, got a question that I thought of. Okay. What is one off-the-wall hot take trade that the Cardinals can make midseason? I mean, hot. We're not, I'm not, I don't want Mania. I don't want Montos. I want a okay. hot hot take trade wow um if you really want my opinion Mm -hmm. if you could pull this off here's what i would try and do i would see what you could go get um good grief this is a tough one you know what i i I don't know if he's healthy or not but i i think this is something that i would really really truly consider for a team that's not going to be good and going to lose a lot of games Mm -hmm. i would go out and see what i could get for shane beaver and their closer, Emmanuel Clays from Cleveland. I really would. Okay. 
I really would go out and see what you could do for that. Because I think, um, I, I don't know if you know much about uh, Clay's, but he is a, he's a dog, man. Yeah, I've, seen his, I've seen his, uh, his uh, speed in um, the show. So yeah, I'm familiar with him. <laughs> that dude is a dog and would be an absolute powerhouse on the Cardinals in that relief core. Whew. You talk about, you know, a solid bullpen that would put them way over the top in the central division, probably the best bullpen in baseball. Um, but if he's healthy, I, I think uh, an off the wall trade here, like a Shane Bieber for starting rotation, I, I would, I would love to see that happen. And you know what, if that means trading Nolan Gorman and, and Juan Yepes to, to get this done, um, I think it'd be worth it. Yeah. What about you? Um, I'm assuming you had something in mind. <laughs> well, I was, I mean, I kind of did. I was kind of thinking up some different scenarios um, and yeah. thinking about contracts. <clears throat> um, so my thoughts and the odds that it happens are very slim. It, I Mine's not really the hot take one. It's just, the odds that it happens are probably thin. Um, but here's mine. Okay. The Cardinals trade for Luis Castillo of the Reds. No. No. Hey, hey this is hot takes, baby. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's. I mean, that's what that's that's what it is. They trade at the deadline for for Castillo, and um, he jumps into the rotation. Hmm. Hmm. That's a lot of nerve you have. <laughs> that I mean, is. A- I know that Stu would love every second of that, but. Yeah. That is a lot of nerve. I, I just cannot imagine that one happening. But, hey, you, you said it yourself. It's a hot take for a reason. So I'll let you die on that hill and, and not speak of that again. You know the Cardinals are going to trade in their own division. It's not That's why I'm saying it's probably never going to happen. But why would you want him? I don't think he's that good. Ah, he's got good stuff. But, I mean, Mike Maddox gives you the claw and anything can happen. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, okay, okay. That's a, that was a good question. I appreciate that one. All right, here's here's my next two. Will Tito cry on opening day? Because I will be there in attendance. Um, will I cry? Yes or no? Um, I'm going to say the odds are negative fifteen hundred that you cry. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's a good chance because you know they're going to do a tribute video. And G's going to have to cuddle you up in her arms so you quit. Leo will be laughing at you. Leo's not going to be there. Oh, well, there you go then. You can cry all you want. I think it depends on how many drinks I have before the game. God. Hopefully not too many. You'll ruin it. No, I don't want to ruin it for myself either, but um, I'm going to I'm gonna say no because – and I won't try and actively prevent myself from doing it to make it fair. But I, I'm going to say no. I'm just going to be so enveloped in the moment that 
you know, I'll just be watching everything, just taking it all in and just waiting for the roar of the crowd when, when the, the three of them are announced um, is, is just going to be magical. Okay, next question. Will I cry on October 2nd, the last home season game? Oh, yeah. I, I, I will probably even cry, and I don't <laughs> cry. I will probably cry. I will. I think this is a definite yes for me, especially if I get a seat close enough that Yachty can see my Puerto Rican flag when I bring it to the stadium. Yeah, I mean it's it'll definitely happen on on the last day, but I I mean I've, there's probably pretty good odds that once they roll out their uh, the video that they're going to play on opening day that you will also cry. But I think game one sixty two there will definitely be some tears. Gotcha. Uh, next question. Albert Pujols, does he homer on opening day? Yes or no? Um, No, I, I don't think he probably gets his first homer until um, probably the second series. I think he does. I think he does. Man. I, I, already said, I already told Cardinals Gifts, put me down for Albert Pujols opening day home run, fifth inning left field. Fifth inning left field. Okay. I mean, I'll, be, I'll be watching. I'll be waiting for it. Now, if he comes up in the fifth, we're, we're going to know some special might be brewing. But um, yeah, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay. Um, last two things for you. Um, because of the expanded playoffs, I'm not going to ask you for who's all going to make the playoffs. I'm just going to go straight to straight to the caboodle. What is your World Series matchup and who is your winner? Um, man, I mean, there, there's no point in having a Cardinals podcast. So I'm not going to be a homer. So I'm going to go Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go Cardinals and the Blue Jays. Um, okay. So I honestly thought about that matchup earlier and I thought, boy, it would be kind of fun to see two bird teams battle it out, but I just don't know if I could do it. Yeah. Well, no, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. Cardinals, Blue Jays, Cardinals in seven. Um, that that way that you know, the emotion of seeing them leave the field as a champion, as champions, I can cry. You can cry. We all can cry. Oh, I'd another, never cry. Another title, title number twelve. Um, it I'm, doesn't. But I mean, there's no point in having this podcast if I'm not going to homer a little bit. Yeah. So, that's fine. I'll, I'll give you the opportunity to not be a homer, though. Okay. And I'll, I'll give you my homer pick, and then you can be the – and I'll give a non-homer as well. Okay. Well, my um, non-homer pick, I will go – God, this hurts me so much. I know you're going to say the Dodgers, so get no, it out I, of the I don't want to, and I won't. I'm <laughs> going to say the um, – <clears throat> Mariners and the wow Metropolitans. Ew. Ooh. I, I, I listen. I didn't put much thought into the non-homerism. So I'm riding this. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Coast to Ooh. coast. Viewer Ooh. ratings of like a one three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's not gonna be a lot of people watching that one. Okay. Um, my homer. Oh, who wins that that World Series matchup for you? The Mets. Yeah, oh yeah, Mets do. Yeah. The the pitching. Yeah. yeah, be tough to beat. Jacob okay. Degrom comes out in an arm cast. 
Throws <laughs> 85. Then shuts it down for his career. I won one. I'm done. Exactly. And Max Scherzer's like, you know what? I don't really feel like pitching the rest of my three years or my other two years. <laughs> Cut me out, too. Okay. Um, here's going to be my Homer World Series matchup. Um, I really want to take the Blue Jays as well, but because you said it, uh, I'm not going to do it. By the way, the Blues are going to overtime 5-5 to five with the Oilers. So True. You're lucky that one just didn't go – through Huso's legs, <laughs> that would have been bad. No, the alert came on ESPN. So oh, I knew okay, cool. It had uh, not done it. Um, anyway, Homer pick for me. Um, the obviously the Cardinals, and I'm going to take. Am I really going to do this? Do I really want this to happen? Yes, I do. Um. I'm, I think I said it last year. Yeah, yeah you probably did. I, I really want to see a Yankees-Cardinals World Series. I really do. Um, I really think this is a year that it could happen as well. Um, so I'm going to go Yankees-Cardinals, and I, I'll take the Cardinals in in six games um, over the Yankees. I, I That would be a, a magical World Series for me. Um, my non-Homer World Series, I'm going to say um, – I'm going to say – I'm going to go with the Yankees over – oh, boy. I'm going to go the Yankees over the Braves. Ooh. I know, I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm I mean, sorry. you didn't say the Dodgers. I'm about done with them. I am too, and I work for people that own the Dodgers. So, um, I uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Yankees Braves just because I I think the Braves still have a really good team. Matt Olson's a, a really nice addition. You hate to see Freddie Freeman leave, but I still think that it's a good addition. Look, as much as good as the Dodgers are, they choke. They choke, they choke, they choke. I don't care that they won in 20, what, 2020? The Mickey, Mouse, the Mickey Mouse World Series? Yeah, the Mickey Mouse World Series. It doesn't matter to me. It's bull spit. It, what it is. I mean, you know what? They won. I don't care. But they choke. They absolutely choke. And I think they will again. So Yankees, Braves, I will take the Yankees to win that series um, in seven. Okay. Final question for you, and then we're going to cut it out because we're done here. Would you trade Wayno's 200th and Albert's 700th home run for a World Series title? Yes. <laughs> and I think they would too. I think they would too. I, I really do. I, I think they would too. I think they both would say, you know what? Even if I if if I even if we both got there and we had a chance to win a World Series title, uh, they would take it. So uh, I think they would give it up in a heartbeat. Okay, um, last last closing thoughts uh, before the Cardinals home opener. I'm just ready for it to get here and get baseball season started. So <clears throat> my nights are not questionable anymore, and I actually have uh, some uh, baseball every single night. Yeah, and I'm going to echo that sentiment. I think you and I are 
a cut of the same cloth that the world is only right when baseball's in it. Um, and I, I truly, uh, um, truly think that this year could be special for the Cardinals. I, I you know, obviously with Yachty, Wayno, and, and Pujols back in action and in the mix every day, it's, it's just really going to be a, a special year for the team, you know, and if it doesn't, uh, um, pan out with the World Series or even with our expectations. Um, I still think uh, that this year is going to be uh, something special. Yeah. Um, Major League Baseball season starts on Thursday. The Minor League Baseball season starts on Friday. So, um, you know, it's – uh, I've got tickets next Saturday for Springfield. Um, and, and they will. You know, I might <laughs> – I might sneak up to St. Louis on Thursday. Haven't decided, but the option is there. Come see me. So, is that it? We close yeah. this up. All close right, shot. guys. If you want to, uh, if you want to subscribe to the Turn Into Podcast, you can on Apple iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast. Our next episode will be after the start of the season. And until then, Tito, send us out. How about them Cardinals? Woo!